Come, Holy Spirit, and enkindle in the hearts of your faithful the fire of your love. Amen. Good morning, Trinity Church. Oh, friends, the floaties have been deflated and tucked into their corner of the basement. Number two pencils have been added to our grocery lists. The grandkids have been returned to their parents, and as the sun sets earlier and earlier, its late afternoon glow has even begun to catch the aluminum glint, don't say it, of a snow shovel hanging in the garage. See, that contemporary American renewal ritual of back to school is underway. And hooray that it is. For today, everybody's favorite football team is undefeated. Even those Cam Newton, Mac Jones-led Pats who like Luke Skywalker in that Dagobah cave will soon have to face forever young Tom Brady, the erudite Gronk, and the defending champion Buccaneers right here at Foxborough on October the 3rd. Yes, undefeated for now. <laughs> Yet today, every report card is a clean slate. All of last year's shortcomings and struggles are but a memory. Young people, listen to me, for I tell you to do like Elsa and let it go. Let it all go. For today, all things are new. All things are new. And for everyone headed back to school, I want to tell you a story about the summer before my fifth grade year. See, it was that June that my family moved 92 miles to the west from, from Monroe to Shreveport, Louisiana. And though I looked forward to my first day of school, a new school in a new town, I did not know one single solitary soul who was going to be my classmate. Not one. I was somewhere between nervously excited and nervously terrified. And my mother, sensing my turmoil, blew some wind in my sails with the announcement that she would allow me to pick out brand new shoes for my first day. She took me to the J.C. Penney's at the South Park Mall, that entrance right there across from the Morrow's Nut House, and I chose a pair of fire truck red Converse Chuck Taylor high tops. Now those shoes were beautiful. The classic star on each ankle, the white rubber toe, the perfect black stripe outline, and the soles, whoop! I was ready for the adventure. Now leaving, Louisiana and those chucks for a bit as we ready for school. This morning, the lectionary deals us selections from Deuteronomy and from the Gospel of Mark. In the lesson from Deuteronomy, Moses stands with Israel also on the border of something new, on the edge of the promised land. And as they're ready to make their way into that country, this country that they had sought for so long, he describes the importance of neither adding nor subtracting from God's law. He demands strict adherence to the norms that he catalogs, and there is a lot to which the people of Israel must make their assent. 
He says to them, you must observe these ordinances diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, surely this is a great nation, a wise and discerning people. See, during a time in which Israel would find itself in the very near company of a people they did not know and who did not know them, Moses sets forth a kind of social conformity as the primary means of distinguishing itself and witnessing its relationship by God. By following these long-established laws, Israel will know itself and Israel will make itself known. Now be clear, Moses does not intend blind or empty adherence. Even so, in that setting, at that time, he just as surely privileges following the law before any fidelity to those law's principles might allow an individual rule to be broken. So this very weekend, way back then, that is, the weekend before my fifth grade year began, my family returned to Monroe to visit my grandparents. I was so proud of my new shoes that I brought them with me. Understand, I did not wear these shoes because my mother would not allow me to wear them and risk ruining them before my first day. A quick digression. Friends, how many of you right now are enduring the disappointment of your parents not allowing you to wear your awesome new clothes for the first day of school. <laughs> Young people, I want you to know that I am on your side for clothes are made for wearing and not for keeping in a closet. Well, like you might have done, I brought these new chucks in their shoebox to display like a proud trophy for my grandmother. And then on the way back to Shreveport that afternoon, a lump appeared in my throat, a hollow pit in my stomach. Just before we made it home, I realized, what did I realize? That shoebox sitting right there on Granny's counter. Well, in the Gospel of Mark, there's a Jesus who seemingly leaves behind all sorts of things, including the religious etiquette Moses had commended. This Jesus touches the lepers, feeds the hungry on the Sabbath, keeps company with the Gentiles, and in today's lesson does not rebuke his disciples for failing to follow the purity practices governing their foods handling. And in response to his rule-breaking ways, the Pharisees, well, they press on Jesus as they always do, saying, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders? but eat with defiled hands. That is to say, we have received the law of Moses. We know what it requires. We have received the traditions of the generations that have raised us, and we know how to follow them. How can you call yourself godly and yet live like this? Even worse, teacher, how can you let your disciples live like this and allow themselves to be deluded into believing that they are godly too? In response, Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah, who warned of people who draw near with their mouths and honor God with their lips, and yet whose hearts are far from God, and whose worship is a human commandment learned by rote. 
See, Jesus commends the Pharisees to give up their identities as determined by social norms and to live with fidelity to the principles he summarizes to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, to love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus calls them and calls us to live by love. Well, on Interstate 20, on the drive home from my grandparents, my heart was broken, dashed, splintered into a thousand brittle pieces. I unraveled, crying, and I started to blame everybody. If you had only let me wear them, I cried to my mother, they would be on my feet right now. Why didn't you pick them up, I wheezed to my father. I'm only a child. I can't remember so many, so many things. Despite these juvenile accusations, which in some settings might have received a stern talking. When we got home, my mother nonetheless called Granny, and the two conspired to have my sweet grandmother put my shoes on the next Greyhound bus out of Monroe. I remember going with my dad to the downtown station well after dark to pick up a stapled shut brown paper bag with my Chuck Taylors inside, Granny's distinctive pen announcing with love just above the fold. I fell asleep with them in my arms during that truck ride home, and I wore them the next morning. See, standing between my, my Monroe identity and this, this Shreveport person I hoped to become, I wanted to get off on the right foot, as it were. Seeing myself through my new classmates' eyes, I did not have complete confidence in who I was. And I was banking on these new shoes making the difference. Choose. So friends, as you begin a new academic year, I tell you what I wish I knew then, what I, in my most faithful moments, manage to remember now, and that is if there is a secret to enjoying childhood, adolescence, one's teenage years, much less adulthood, listen to me, for I believe the secret is this. Be who you are. Trust who you are. There is no rule that you will be able to follow to make you worthy. There is no group into which you'll be accepted that will confirm your belovedness. For let me tell you who you are. You who stand on the edge of a summer's end and the first day of school, you are a child of the living God. And no one, no one, can take that away. You who stand at the border of elementary school and junior high or junior high and high school or high school and college, do you know who you are? Who are you? <laughs> Eleanor, and you know who you are? Loved, sister. Loved from before time and forever. All of you who stand in that thicket of competing desires, of, of wanting to fit in, to find friends, to feel good about yourself in their eyes, and yet feeling and fearing that you are inadequate, that someone will see past what you work so hard to hide. Do you know who you are? You are enough. 
Enough. Every one of you. Enough. For you and all of us are God's beloved. For we at Trinity Church approaching, as we always do, the edge of something new, we support one another with this reassurance that we are loved. We love one another well enough to be reminded that the God who created us knows every hair on our sweet heads is going to schlep it to the Greyhound station, put those shoes on the bus, and send them right back home to you. For by love we will know ourselves, and by love we will make our witness to the world. And it's by love that that new school year will begin. Let it be so in the name of the one who loved us first. Amen.